thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hi everybody and welcome to today's session of Developing Your Faith. My name is Dion Hockey and I'm from Healing Ministries International. I've been speaking to you on the three levels of faith. Faith level number one is the small faith that we have. I call it the saving faith. And Satan comes immediately to rob us from our small faith. He brings fear on us. He causes us to doubt the word of God. He keeps us in a perverse state of mind and he stops us from praying and fasting. If the devil can cause us to think on these four things or, or do these four things, then he has managed to rob us from our faith. So we need to get into the second level of faith to develop our faith to overcome the works of the enemy. So I taught last week on Romans chapter 10 verse 17 that says, Now then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more we read the word of God, the more we speak the word of God, the more we are going to develop our faith, the more we're going to grow in faith. It is of utmost importance that you and I would spend time studying the word of God. I've been in the ministry for 30 years now. And for 30 years, I'm still in the Word, learning the Word, studying the Word, and speaking the Word especially. I would love to read to you a scripture in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. It is one of my very favorite scriptures. It says this, This book of the law, meaning the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That word meditate means to study it to ponder upon it, to think about it, to look into it. He says, and you are to study it day and night. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. We are to speak the word. Number two, you are to read the word, study the word. And number three, he says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. This is very important. We are to speak the word, we are to study the word, and we are to apply the word. And it is very important to apply the word because the promise of God's word is so powerful. He says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I like that. To become prosperous, to be successful, I have to apply the word. I have to speak the word, study the word and apply the word. When I do that, the scripture says, I will make my way prosperous. Please note, it's going to sound very funny but or very strange to you. Not God is going to make my way prosperous. I will make my way prosperous. Why does I say that? The Bible says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Remember, when Jesus hung on the cross and when he was about to give up his spirit and die, he said this, it is finished. So when Jesus died on the cross, he had done everything possible for you and I. There was nothing more that Jesus could do. So when he had died and then, you know, was raised from the dead and rose up to be with God, what did he leave us in his place? The Holy Spirit and his word. He le left us his word. His word is the, his will and testament for us. So when he left us his word, he left us guidelines to follow. And he knew that if you and I would apply the word, read the word, study the word, his will, his testament, and if we would do it, then we would benefit thereof. We're going we're gonna to pluck the fruits of studying God's Word and doing God's Word. It is very important that this, this C part, you know, he says, speak the Word. He says, meditate on the Word. And then he says that you must be careful to do according to all that is written in the Word. I want to take you to a scripture because I want to show you 
how the devil works um, in our minds still, even in the second level of faith. In, uh, in Psalms 78 verse 9, very important. I would love for you to read this with me because I just want to show you something out of the word. Psalm 78 verse 9 says, Then the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. Now, you and I need to understand the day we become Christians, the day we surrender to God and we give our lives to Jesus, this is also the day we declare war against the enemy. Don't think for one minute that Satan is happy that you've given your heart to Jesus. Oh no, his job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he's going to do whatever he can to take you away from the Word, to take you away from God, to take you away from prayer, because he wants you back in his camp. He doesn't want you in the camp of the kingdom of God. So he's going to steal, kill, and destroy. Now the Bible says that the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows, it's amazing how many people are sitting in churches and being armed Sunday after Sunday, week after week, Bible studies, uh, uh, seminars, courses, you know, and, and the word is just being given to us over and over and over. But in spite of this, in spite of being armed, in spite of being uh, carrying bows and getting ready, ready for battle, the, it says they turn back in the day of battle. I find this very interesting that even in this end time season that we are moving in with the coronavirus and uh, with the circumstances and everything that's going Going on, I find that people are turning back. They're not fighting. They're not getting desperate, uh, you know, with God and seeking the Lord. In actual fact, they are drifting away from God. And we shouldn't be drifting away. We should be drawing near to Him. As the Bible says, if we will draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. So how is it that they turn back in the day of battle? Well, verse 10, he says, They did not keep the covenant of God. They refuse to walk in his law. If you understand this portion of scripture, it speaks about Israel that was uh, delivered from the hands of the Egyptians and how Moses led them out and the signs and the wonders and the miracles that took place constantly in the presence of God. This is where they were at. But the Bible says they did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and they forgot his works, the wonders that he had shown them, marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of, of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. You see, this is speaking about uh, what had happened in that time when Israel was being delivered. Uh, he, he made the water stand up like a heap. In the daytime also, he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness and he gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused rivers to run down, uh, uh, waters to run down like rivers. Imagine that if we were there in that day to be 24-7 in the presence of God. In the daytime, we would be covered by His Shekinah glory, the cloud that would protect us from the heat, you know, of the desert. And uh, he, would, he would protect us from the sunlight. And then in the evening, they were covered by the fire of God. Imagine that, seeing that fire 24-7. Every evening, they would be covered in the glory of God's presence. Seeing the Red Sea split open, seeing, uh, you know, millions of people getting water to drink when Moses tapped the rock and all this water just gushed out of that rock. It was rivers that came out, literally. It is powerful to imagine how much water they had to get to give two or three million people so much water to drink. 
So it was miracle upon miracle upon miracle. But look at verse 17. It says, but they sinned even more against him. In the midst of the glory of God, there was sin. And I like to see it this way. How was the sin committed? What sin was committed? Well, by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. There was a spirit of rebellion that came against God in the midst of the, of, the, of, of the glory of God. They were rebelling against God. How did they rebel against God? It says they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Imagine that, testing God in their heart, not even in their mind, just tested God in their heart. In other words, they had hidden agendas. They had hidden secrets. So many people today have hidden agendas, hidden secrets, and they keep rebelling against God. I think that one of the biggest um, obstacles that we are finding today in church is this rebellion that is rising up against God and against the, the, the things of God. And the Bible says they tasted God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. And so many people want, you know, the, not, the, a, a watered down message spoken, a watered down gospel given and not the true fullness of the word of God to be taught to them. Yes, they spoke against God and they said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? It is amazing how the enemy can come in and how he can begin to bombard us and how he can begin to attack us with thoughts in our minds and how he can try to twist the word of God. Let me show you what I'm saying. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I love this portion of scripture because there is so much information that we can read in this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 says, Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. And I, But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Now watch verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Mm -hmm. So he's speaking about this war that we are constantly in, that we are fighting and that we are battling with. You are in a war. I am in a war. And this war is between God and Satan, good and evil. It is about, uh, uh, about following God or, uh, and turning away from the wicked ways of the lifestyles that we used to live before we got saved. So he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I love us for, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Mm, so much information. Number one, we see that God has given us weapons. These weapons are for a warfare that we are in. But these weapons are not fleshly carnal weapons, you know, like machine guns and bombs and airplanes and stuff like that. No, we have spiritual weapons given to us and they are mighty in God. These weapons are mighty in God for doing something, for pulling down strongholds. Hmm. What is a stronghold? What does he mean by that? How, how are strongholds formed? What, what is he talking about? Well, verse 5, he gives us a, bigger, a better explanation. He says, casting down arguments 
That's a very important word. Their arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Did you hear that? I'm going to read it again. He says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I won't preach on verse 6 now, but verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So what is the stronghold? How are arguments formed and where are they formed? Well, the battle is in the mind. Satan comes and he immediately attacks us in our mind. He puts thoughts there. He comes and remember the, the Bible teaches us that he is the father of lies. So he comes and he speaks lies to us. What kind of lies? Lies that would come against what God's word says. Lies that will produce doubt. Doubt that will try to overshadow the word of God, the power of God. You'd say, I, I, I don't understand what you're saying or, or what do you mean by that? Well, let's talk about a simple uh, uh, subject called tithing. Tithing. It is simple. 10% of your income belongs to God. 10% of what you earn must go towards God. That's what the Bible says. That's what, what it is. Now listen to the argument. An argument that Satan would bring that would exalt itself against God's knowledge, against God's word. So Satan will come and say this. You can't afford to tithe. Did you know, this is the argument now Satan would say, did you know that the church wants your money? That all they do is speak about money and that's all they want is your money? Don't give your tithe. How do you suppose, the devil would say, are you going to survive if you had to give 10% of your income to the church? How do you think you're going to make it? These are the lies and the arguments that Satan would bring towards you to stop you from tithing because Satan knows the benefits that God has given, the promises of his word, that when God said, bring your tithes and offerings into my storehouse, you know, he says, I will pour out such blessing for you that there will be, not be room enough to receive it all. That's the promise of God. Now, Satan does not want you to experience that promise. Satan is the one who wants you to, 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 to turn away from the truth so that you can't experience that promise. Another example I want to use is when the Bible says, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, he who believes will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. There's more to the scripture there. I didn't completely uh, quote it all to you. But this is, this is what the promise is. The, the Bible says that if you believe, these signs will follow you. So many people um, say they are believers. Many people say that, you know, they believe what the word of God says. Yet I have found in, in all my years of traveling and preaching the world that when I ask the question, and maybe I can ask you while you're watching this, is how many devils have you cast out since you've been saved, you know? And some people say, but oh, oh, I'm not called to cast out devils. This is the lie of the devil. He would place an argument there that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. When Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they will cast out devils. And I ask you, have you cast out devils since you believed? 
And what does the devil do? He says, you can't cast out devils. You don't have the power. You don't have the authority. You're not anointed. You're not, you're not called to do something like that. Yet the Bible didn't say these signs will follow those who are anointed. The Bible didn't say these signs will follow those who have a degree and studied theology, you know, or these signs will follow um, those who went to deliverance school or did demonology classes. No, the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. If you're a believer, you should be casting out devils. That's what the word says. If you're a believer, you should be speaking in new tongues. That's what the word says. If you're a believer, you should be laying hands on the sick and you should be witnessing miracles, signs and wonders. But Satan is the one who brings an argument. Satan is the one who causes doubt to come. Satan is the one who puts fear upon you. Satan is the one who would say this word. You can't do it. He says, it's a lie. You don't qualify. You're not good enough. You don't have the faith. You know, you need to have studied. You need to have somebody anointed you to do something like that. And that's not true. So Satan is constantly putting an argument in your mind to take you away from the truth. Because it's the truth that sets us free. The moment you discover that you can do what Jesus was doing, the moment you discover that you are a Christian, as the Bible says in the book of John, as he is, so am I in this world today. As he is, so am I. That's what the promise of God. We are like Jesus. We are Christians. That's the word Christian. The word Christian means to be Christ-like. We can do the works of Jesus. Whatever Jesus did, he has given us the ability to do the same work. But Satan comes and puts an argument there. Satan comes and exalts himself against what God's word says. And he will cause you to doubt the word of God. We read in the book of Genesis that when God created, you know, um, the heavens and the earth and, and he made Adam and uh, he then created uh, Eve, you know, and he put them in the garden and he said, listen, of all the trees around you, you can eat the fruit, but there's one tree you cannot eat the fruit. And that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so uh, when Eve one day was on her own, Satan came and she was admiring this, this specific tree that God said you're not allowed to eat of. And if you read the scripture, you'll see that the devil comes and he says to it, did God really say? In the, in the New Living Translation, it says, did God really say? And so Satan comes to bring doubt on what God's word says, on what the promise is. And if he can put that seed of doubt in your mind and you begin to meditate on that doubt and you begin to speak what you are meditating, then he's got you. Then he's going to have victory over your life. And I've seen this countless times. And even I myself as a minister, I have sometimes, I've caught myself being negative when I should not have said certain things, you know. And Satan would bring this, this um, doubt in my mind. He would just sow that seed of doubt. So you and I have to constantly be careful on what we speak because what we speak is what we are thinking. I want to read another verse to you. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So with our words we can speak death and with our words we can speak life. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does death come? 
Death comes by hearing and hearing the lies of Satan, speaking the lies of the devil. Remember, Satan is always the opposite of God. So if faith comes by hearing, you know, uh, then uh, and hearing the word of God, so doubt's going to come when he, Satan puts that seed of doubt in our, in our minds. We meditate on these doubts, you know, and then we speak the doubt. And then the, 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 what we speak, what we have been meditating on, it's going to come to pass. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. For instance, if you are sitting uh, right now watching this program and you have some uh, awful sickness upon your body, some, some incurable disease, you know, uh, maybe you have cancer or you have uh, AIDS, um, HIV, or you're struggling with um, the coronavirus, I don't know. Satan comes and he says to you, it's the end. You're not going to make it. You're going to die. But God has come and says, but I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly. Now you have a choice to make and you can say, well, on which thought am I going to meditate? Am I going to listen to the voice of the devil or am I going to listen to the voice of God? And if I were you, I would choose to meditate and listen to the voice of God. And while I'm thinking on what the word says, I'm going to speak the word of life. By his stripes I am healed. I am more than a conqueror. I can overcome all things. These are the scriptures that we should be speaking. In him I live and move and have my being. Those are the words of life that God has given us. But if Satan comes and he, and he puts a negative thought and says, you're going to die within three weeks. And if you turn to your friends and you say, you know what, I'm going to die within three weeks. This is what, what, the, what the people have said to me. And if you believe that, that's going to happen. But God has given us an ability. He's given us a way to overcome that through our faith in the word of God. He's given us weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. When the devil comes to you and he says to you, uh, it's dark, or, and you know the, how afraid you are of the dark, and he sows that seed and fear comes upon you when you walk in the darkness, that's when you should overcome the darkness by speaking the word and say, no, I'm a child of the light, and there is nothing that I'm afraid of. If God is for me, who can be against me? No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that is raised up in judgment against me, I will refute it. I will cut off those curses. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. God is with me. His angels are in camp round about me. I can do everything because of him who gives me the strength. I want to read to you another scripture in Proverbs 18 verse 7. It says, a fool's mouth is his destruction. Wow, listen to that. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Isn't that a sad thing? A fool's mouth. So if, I am, if I'm not careful to listen to what I'm saying, even though I'm thinking neg negatively, even though I'm thinking fearful things, I must not speak what I'm thinking. I mustn't say what I'm thinking because I'm going to be, I'm going to ha have destruction in my life by the very words that I speak. Proverbs 6 verse 2 says the following as well. He says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. That word snared, that means you are captured. You are bound. You are caught by the words that you speak. When we are negative and we speak those words of death, that's what it's going to produce. You know, if you, if you sow a, a, a potato, 
If you plant potatoes, you're going to reap potatoes. If you plant uh, corn, you're going to reap corn. If I, if I sow seeds of doubt and fear and unbelief, I'm going to reap what I'm sowing. But if I sow words of faith and words of hope, uh, words of courage, that's what I'm going to reap. So my teaching to you today, friend, is the following. Be careful what you speak. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you and I need to speak the word. We need to read the Bible. We need to apply what the word says. And we are going to walk in a victory. Don't let the enemy come and put these thoughts in your mind. And don't let his arguments exalt what God's word says. Don't let him steal from you. Be very prayerful. The Bible says be swift to hear but be, and slow to speak. We must listen carefully before we speak. And I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you today that God will, God will help us and protect us, that we will not speak negative, but that we will speak words of life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I think this is the most important thing of all. I would love for you to give your heart to Jesus to turn from your wicked ways, to repent of your sins and to accept Jesus as your Savior so that you can start this very new life in Jesus, that you can learn to walk in faith and to see the blessings and the power of God come upon you. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, won't you pray this prayer with me and won't you say this, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me my sins. I ask you to wash me in your blood and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I pray tonight and I confess with my mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I believe you come into my heart. I receive you now. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I am born again. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We love you so much. And I, I have so much uh, compassion for you right now. And I want to pray as you stretch your hand out right now. Please stretch your hand out to the camera. And I want to pray God's blessing that He will guard your mouth and protect you from negative words that you might be speaking. Father, forgive us. Forgive every man and woman who's watching this program, even myself. Forgive us, Lord, of negative words that we have spoken. Forgive us, Father God, of every curse that we have allowed to come upon our lives. We repent of it. We cut those curses off. And Father God, I pray, bless your people. Guard their hearts and their minds. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Thanks for watching this program. And we'll continue on faith level number three next week. We'll see you then. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.